Good morning, Hills Church family. Joe here, and um, on behalf of the whole leadership team, thank you so much for joining us and taking the time out, maybe with your family, to spend time with us as a church family. And I know that these are such crazy times at the moment that there feels like there's such an unsettledness and an uncertainty, but how great is it just to remember that God is faithful, that he is good and that he is unchanging. As I was preparing for prayer this week, I just had this sense of coming back to basics because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And I think now more than ever, there's that feeling of just really needing to put our hand into the hand of Jesus and allow him to guide us and to lead us as families, as individuals, as a church. And I was feeling as though this week when we've been in lockdown and who knows what will happen over the coming weeks and months, that the Lord still wants us to have our priorities and our basics right. And the reason for that is that that gives us a firm foundation to stand on. And so I was drawn to the Lord's Prayer. And in a moment, I'm going to um, pop on a video of the Lord's Prayer that really enables us to reflect on the words of it. You might already be really familiar with that prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to use. And so he teaches us that as a model. The great thing about it is that it really does exactly that. It gets rid of the distractions of our life and puts our focus straight on Jesus. And so it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy, be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Our focus is on God and his plans and his purposes. The rest of that prayer really, again, brings us back to the basics. It asks the Lord to provide all that we need, our food, forgiveness, and the ability to stand up under that temptation of doing the wrong thing. And if you think about that as a whole prayer, that is great as a model for our life as well, isn't it? To put the Lord first, to seek his kingdom and his righteousness here on earth, just like it is in heaven. And how exciting to know that one day we will see our Jesus face to face and the pain and the fear and the worries will all be as nothing when we look at him and he looks at us and says, well done, good and faithful servant. So bless you, church. Sam and I love you so much. We are praying for you each day, asking the Lord to comfort and restore you and heal you and protect and watch over you in these days. Good morning, it's me again. <laughs> uh, obviously, we're supposed to have uh, Barry Chant with us uh, today. Unfortunately, we can't do that. We're going to postpone that to another time in the year. Uh, so we're going to continue with our preaching series that we've been running at Hills called Being Anxious for Nothing. And the really the the anchor verse for this whole preaching series has been Philippians chapter 4. And I'm just going to read that uh, as we begin. And you might want to read along with it on the screen. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then the end of verse 9, and the God of peace will be with you. So just to recap, uh, if you're joining us today for the first time or if you haven't uh, been part of our preaching series, we've been looking at this anchor verse and been drawing things out of it and and delving into this whole theme of not being anxious for anything. Uh, In the first week, we talked about the fact that God is with us in the midst of all of our worries and all of our thoughts on, on life. Uh, We talked about Elijah, how he had had gone into a downward spiral, uh, but God was there with him in the midst of it. In fact, it says in uh, verse uh, verse 4, at the end of verse 5, it says, The Lord is near. Now, obviously, uh, Paul here is talking about the fact that the Lord is going to return soon. Uh, He's coming and let that be uh, an encouragement to you to not be anxious about anything. But um, I just love the thought of the fact that he is also near uh, personally and physically as well uh, with us in the midst of it. So God is with us. So that's the first thing we've got to know uh, when we're feeling anxious in this world is that we're not alone, that God is with us in the midst of our our troubles. Uh, The second thing is perspective matters. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. And at the end of that, finally, brothers, whatever is good and pure and noble and admirable, think about such things. So allow the truth of what God has done for us in Christ to be the lens through which we see uh, the things that we uh, struggle with or are anxious about. If you like, uh, couch our troubles around the gospel, around the truth of what he has done for us. And we praise him, not because of what he's going to do, but because of what he has done. And it might be that God's going to do a miracle and work in in the circumstance. It might not be. Regardless, we still continue to praise him and let that perspective of praise uh, really shape how we view the situation. So today we get into the crux of the message the crux of the message that everyone writes on their tea towels and their cups and everything like that. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious, okay? And then it says about anything. Oh, thank you, Paul. Who here is able to do that? Of course, uh, none of us. In fact, uh, I've mentioned before, if you are anxious, if you do worry, it just shows your humanity. In fact, um, I wonder, I've actually had the question asked, is it a sin to be anxious. The Bible says don't be anxious. So if I'm anxious, is that is that a sin? It's not a sin. In fact, Jesus himself was incredibly anxious. Remember in the garden, uh, the night he was betrayed, he was in the garden praying that the that God would take this cup from him. And in Luke's gospel it said he's his he was sweating so much that he swept sweated drops of blood, such anxiety and worry about what was facing him. Jesus himself uh, was was anxious, so and Jesus was without sin. So anxiety is not a sin. I want to say that that anxiety or, or worry is a signal. It's a signal that something isn't right in our world, in our life. It's a bit like a warning light on the dash of a car 
you're driving along and a red light flashes on the car it's a signal it's 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 telling you that there's something wrong in the engine or uh, in the car and what do you do when the light comes on you take it to the mechanic and that's precisely what Paul says here it, when we're anxious let that be a warning sign let that be a signal to take it to God in prayer therefore take it to God and so I'm, I'm aware that um, for some people um, just through their personality uh, they, they find it really difficult not to worry uh, I'm, I'm very blessed in my personality type uh, I'm a very much go with the flow type of a guy and uh, this this for me isn't so much of an issue but I know for some people uh, not to be worrying or anxious is something that they need to be self-disciplined in uh, to stop their mind from being plagued by anxious thoughts. So, why not worry? Why does Paul, why does in fact all through scripture, does it say do not fear? Why does, it, why does Jesus say do not worry? Why does Paul say do not be anxious? If it's not a sin, why Why not worry? What? And really, the whole point of this message is that God doesn't want it for you. Uh, he hasn't designed you for this. He doesn't want you to live a life plagued uh, by worrying, being uh, brought down by worrisome thoughts. It's not God's will for you. It's not his plan for you. It's not his desire for you to be anxious and worry. Because worry immobilizes us. It forces us and holds us down. Now, I'm not being... Um, it's not that we don't care. It's not that we are frivolous. It's not that we uh, just put all things aside and just live like hippies or something <laughs> and, and not really consider or be concerned. There is a difference between worry and concern. You see, worry immobilizes us, whereas concern causes us to action. So why not be anxious? First of all, there, when we worry and when we are anxious, there is a loss of opportunity. Uh, my wife Jo often talks about this story about a young woman who uh, walked past a shop and she saw these beautiful pearls and she she wondered about whether it was okay to use her money to buy this beautiful necklace and day after day week after week month after month she walked past this this shop front and and was just gripped by this thought of is this the right thing to do um, being knowing that there are people in need is it okay for me to to do this and be sort of selfish in a way and so she prayed to the Lord and the Lord's answer was this I don't actually care about the pearls I don't care about the expense what I actually care about is how much mind energy and time you've spent considering it because you've just put all this time and effort into thinking about this rather than uh, on, on other things. And it's the same with our worries. When we spend so much time worrying and concerning about it, we lose the opportunities that God might be putting in front of us because our eyes are blinkered 
and we can only see the thing that's in front of us rather than opening ourselves up to the opportunities that God is placing around us. Another way I was thinking about it was uh, I was imagining um, telling one of my children, hey, I'm going to take you to the beach and we're going to have a great day. And all the way on the way to the beach, they're thinking, oh, I wonder if we've got sun cream and oh, are my bathers, are they going to fit? And uh, when I get there, um, are, are there going to be people that are going to look at me? And then finally get to the beach and I say, go for a swim. And like, oh, what if there's something in the in the water that's going to bite me? Or what if I don't want to leave my possessions here? What if someone takes them? Or what if the wind blows and the sand's going to get in my face? And this whole time, they're just, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And they're missing out on the joy of the opportunity of their dad taking them and wanting to bless them. And so it's the same uh, with our with our worries. You know, what is God wanting our days to be full of? What is God putting in our path? What, is, what are the blessings that he wants to bestow upon us that we're missing out on because we're spending all of our mind, energy and time worrying? So I want to ask you a question. How many times in your internal uh, talking have you used the phrase, what if? What if this happens? What if that happens? How many times today, this week, this year, have you said, what if, what if, what if? And what if God is saying, what if not? How much time and effort are we using on it? Uh, In Matthew chapter Uh, 6 verse 25 famous uh, words of Jesus where he says there's my piece of paper I'm looking for where where Jesus says therefore I tell you do not worry about your life can any of you by worrying add a single day to your life and I was thinking about this verse and I was thinking it could probably be uh, translated or also said can anyone of you by worrying get back the days that I've been lost by worrying. No, we can't. I wonder if we get to the, the end of our lives and we, we look back and go, how much of my time, how much of my mind energy have gone into worrying about things that actually didn't end up occurring, that didn't end up happening. And that time and that that thought process can't be given back. Once it's gone, it is gone. So God doesn't want that for us. He doesn't want us to live a life that is blinkered, but to be open to all of the things that he has in our lives. Number two, we try to take back control of something that we can't control. Uh, If you were on Facebook this week, Joe did a a great devotion uh, talking about how so often we give God our worries and we say, there you go, God, take my worries. And then we we look at the time and, and think, he hasn't done anything with it. I'm now going to take back. I might have given them to you, but I want them back now because I want to control it. I want to be able to, to handle this situation and do something. I don't know if you've ever been uh, driving in a car with someone that you don't trust their driving skills. I know I know that's been uh, the case for me. We're sort of thinking, do these people actually know what they're doing? And it's, it's like I want to reach over and I want to grab the wheel or I want to say, you get in the passenger seat, let me take control. You know, sometimes we do that when it comes to our life of worry. We say, well, we're going to supposed to give our, our care to so God. We're supposed to, um, you know, it says in, in Philippians, 
in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god so allowing god to to be in control of those things that we can't control and yet just like in the driver's seat we, we say oh i don't trust you i don't see how this is working out and i want to take back control now we're never ever supposed to have control of things that we can't ever control craig groeschel uh, talks about a cycle of anxiety he says first of all we get anxious about something and because we're anxious we try to control it and the more we try to control it the more we fear losing control and that fear of losing control brings around more anxiety and then the anxiety comes and then it goes around and around and around uh, in, in a circle and we've got to break that cycle so 1 Peter verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 6 to 7. Peter says these wonderful words, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. You know, we don't give God our worries because we don't know the outcome. We give him knowing that he is trustworthy, that he is faithful, that he is loving, that he has our best interests in heart. He was there at the beginning, he's there at the end, he knows all things and he knows what's good for us and he cares for us. Therefore, we can give our cares and our worries to him knowing that he has our best interests in heart. So, why not worry? Because we shouldn't be taking control of things that we can't control. Number three this is a biggie. We deny Christ's lordship. That might sound a bit harsh. Um, but what I mean by that is that all that has been won for us on the cross, the freedom that we have, the life that has been given to us, in a way, when we worry, it's kind of like that becomes undone and we say that's not uh, of any, any good. I love that song that we often sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. Now that uh, song is based around Romans chapter 8. I want to read that to you. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. So obviously we were in fear. Uh, we were slaves before, and then because of Christ's work on the cross, that's been taken away. But rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Isn't that beautiful? So Paul often uses the, the image of slavery uh, because it was a real image at the time. Uh, people who were slaves knew the oppression, they knew uh, the bondage that they were under of, of slavery, whether it be behind bars or, or tied to something. And Christ has freed us from that. He's freed us from having to be under that bondage of fear. And by worrying, it's almost like we kind of put the chains back on again and we deny uh, what he's done for us on the cross. And God doesn't want that for you. He does not want you to, uh, in a way, kind of say his finished work on the cross wasn't enough. 
it was enough. And it was enough for you, it was enough for me, it was enough for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. And His grace is sufficient for us. And when we worry, it's like we don't trust that it's enough. We don't trust that that God has done all that is necessary. And again, we want to take control back. And God doesn't want that for you. Number four, uh, it can cause us when we worry to do things that we wouldn't normally do. Now, fear, as you know, is an extremely strong motivator. Uh, if you get someone fearful, uh, then they they will often do things that wouldn't they wouldn't normally do as part of uh, their behaviour characteristics. I, was, I think about this with. Uh, the, the first lockdown with the toilet paper issue, <laughs> the, the, the thought of missing out on toilet paper, the fear of that drove people to just hoard it for themselves. Maybe even people that used to be generous and loving and kind and considerate and thinking others' needs before themselves. Now the fear of losing out caused them to act in a way that they wouldn't normally act. You see, fear is really the opposite of faith. Faith looks not at our circumstances, uh, not at the things we cannot control, but it looks to God who does control and knows our circumstances. I'm going to say that again because it's a quote and I think it's great. Faith looks not at our circumstances, not at the things we cannot control, but it looks to God who does control and knows our circumstances. Last week I talked about Peter walking on the water and and how his perspective changed from looking to Christ to looking at his circumstances and when he did that he sank. The the following verses after that are really, really interesting. Uh, Jesus says to him, you of little faith, why did you fear? In other words, saying uh, faith is, is, is what's required here and it's the opposite of fear. In, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and self-disciplined. Some translations say, and of sound mind. See, we don't just have faith and, and trust in, in, in something in the air, something that is not there but we have a sound mind, we have uh, self-discipline to not allow fear to come and take over and to motivate our actions. But instead, we have a sound mind that allows us to, to remember the things of God and to, to, to then be able to give perspective on the things that, that we, we worry about. So when Paul says, do not be anxious about anything really what he's saying is is God doesn't want you to live a life of worry he wants you to live a life of faith he wants you to trust in him in all circumstances in everything by prayer and petition give your request to God I love that old hymn trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey giving everything to God in prayer. I just want to just lastly just comment on 
perhaps some things that we're seeing around us at the moment in the world globally, uh, in our world when it comes to you know, lockdowns and, and how governments and, and everyone are handling this whole uh, COVID pandemic at the moment. Uh, you might be feeling fearful in this situation. You might be feeling worried about the future. You might be thinking, what, what world are my children going to be brought up in? Well, I'm sure we're not the first generation who have asked that question, and yet God has been faithful and brought uh, all people through it uh, before. I just want us to be be of self-control in our minds when it comes to thinking about such things. For God has given us not a spirit of fear, but of, of love and of, of power, his sound mind, that we should be thinking and concentrating on the things of God to be helping our perspective on the things that are happening in the world around us. It doesn't mean that we're, we're not concerned. It doesn't mean that we don't think about it or ask and, and pursue truth. But if we're motivated by fear, if we are plagued by fear, then we are allowing, we are allowing the enemy to take ground. We are causing our, ourselves to really um, going to say say something here. When we're fearful and live in, in that fear, in that worry, the devil is happy. He's he's happy that we're downcast. He's happy that we're we're. We're focused on such things because we're taking our eyes off of Jesus. We're taking our, our eyes off him being Lord who reigns over all. So we shouldn't be fearful. We don't need to fear because God doesn't want that for us. In fact, um, it, in the passage in 1 Peter 5 where it talks about not casting our cares on him because he cares for us, casting our worries <laughs> We don't need to fear because God doesn't want that for us. In fact, in 1 Peter 5, the the passage where uh, we spoke about casting our anxiety on him because he cares for us, the very next lines, it says this, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. God doesn't want us to worry, but he wants us to be trusting in him because as we do that, uh, our faith is lifted and we're able to stand firm in the things and the promises that he has for us and we're able to resist uh, the things of the enemy that try to bring us down, try to force us to be focused on on the worries rather than on the, the wonders and good things that he's done for us. So I just want to just pray now and particularly want to pray for anyone right now who is worried, who is concerned uh, that the the things that we, we've spoken about this morning um, would, would be able to be uh, eradicated by, again, trusting in the Lord. So let's do that. And as I pray, I just ask that you just bring all your cares to him, whether they be big or small. He he longs for us to be trusting in him, for us not to miss opportunities because we're plagued by it, 
for us not to try and take control over something that we're not able to take control over, to not deny what he's done for us in winning us our freedom and a spirit that cries out, Abba, Father, and not causing us to, to live and to do things that we wouldn't normally otherwise do. So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now, uh, acknowledging our humanness and our easiness to worry and be anxious. And Lord, there are so many things in so many of our lives that cause worry and fear. Uh, But Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement to lift our eyes to you, uh, to see that you are the one that cares. You are the one that sees. You are the one that uh, has ultimate control and lordship over this whole created world. And so, Lord, we bring these things to you. Uh, In the words of 1 Peter, we, we cast our anxiety on you. Lord, we ask you to take these things, uh, Lord, that we wouldn't be uh, oppressed by them, that we wouldn't be downcast, that we wouldn't be uh, allowing the enemy to take um, these things and cause us to to live or say or behave in ways that are counter to what you have for us. Lord, we just ask that you work in our lives right now to help us to have the perspective to look to Jesus and that he cares for us so much. (sighs) You care for us so much, Lord. So, Lord, help us to trust in you. Help us to trust in you in every situation, in every situation to present our requests to you that you might see them and you might work in every situation. Lord, I pray for everyone listening to this right now or listening to a replay, that you would work in their lives. Lord, that you would uh, take away their worries so that that the the negative effects of worry would not be affecting them and that that they'd be able to live in the fullness and the, the, the joy that you have for them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless, guys.